The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of SV Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take Podcast. My name is Michael, the Hebrew Hammer Brown. It's an absolute pleasure to be with you guys live here on Spotify Live on Thursday night. We are here to have a little bit of fun. Uh, Right now, it's a little bit of dead time, if you will, uh, with the Rockets, with what's going on news-wise. So we thought we would do a show tonight that would incorporate fun, right? And I saw a tweet. This show was inspired by a tweet. Uh, that I saw on Twitter this past week asking fans of teams to do a Mount Rushmore for their team. And for those of you who are not familiar with Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore is uh, four presidents um, that uh, it is in, where is it? It's in South Dakota. So you look, uh, the four presidents, uh, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson. So tonight, I figured we would do something to where we would build the Mount Rushmore of the Houston Rockets. And what I would like to do is throughout the show tonight, we'll go 30 to 45-ish minutes. If you're listening to this show, uh, either later tonight, because we're going to publish the show as soon as we're done, or tomorrow or in the coming days, you want to tweet us at the Dream Take or at Podcast underscore MV. Give us your thoughts on the Mount Rushmore that we built tonight. Uh, It is open lines here on the show, as it normally is. If you would like to give me your Mount Rushmore of Houston Rockets at any point, hit that request to speak button. I will literally bring you up on stage as soon as possible. We'll break down your Mount Rushmore of Rockets. We'll get into my Mount Rushmore of Rockets. So until we get that speaker request from anybody who wants to give their Mount Rushmore, I will go ahead and get into my four that I would like to put on the Mount Rushmore of the Houston Rockets. So we'll go ahead and go uh, number four to number one. Uh, So my number four rocket that I would like to put on the Mount Rushmore of Houston Rockets, it may surprise some people. I will go ahead and tell you guys, it's Rudy Tomjanovich. Rudy, and I almost put Rudy Tomjanovich at number four, at number three, 
uh, for me. As a Rockets fan, it's almost impossible to not put Rudy Tomjanovich on the Mount Rushmore of Rockets. You know, it's one of those situations where you look at it and he doesn't get talked about as often as you would think. As obviously he was the head coach of the Houston Rockets when they won the championship in 93 and 94, 94 and 95. So he's won two NBA championships as a coach. But people often forget that he played for the Houston Rockets or the last season as the San Diego Rockets in 1970 and 1971 for the next 12 seasons up until 1981. And if you look at his numbers, his numbers were pretty damn good. You know, he went, he had a career average of 17 and a half points. He averaged nearly a steal a game, two assists, eight rebounds. You know, at his size, averaging eight rebounds a game, was it a different game then than it is now? And Sean makes a great point. He was an all-star. Um, and, and I'm just looking at the numbers alone at this point. And we want, you can also talk about the fact that he won an Olympic medal. Um, I mean, 17 and a half points. He shot 79, 78% from the three point, or excuse me, uh, from the uh, free throw line. And Sean says Kermit Washington incident, unfortunately, curtailed, curtailed his career. It absolutely did. But from a impact standpoint alone, Rudy Tomjanovich, I'm not even going to say should be on your Mount Rushmore of Houston Rockets, but he absolutely should be on your Mount Rushmore of Houston Rockets. And I know that there is, again, speculation on should he be on there, should he not be on there. He absolutely should be. Beyond his impact on the team from 70 to 81, he then becomes the head coach in 93, 94, 94, 95. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. Again, leading the team to two NBA championships back-to-back, which is so difficult to do. Uh, And Hunter says Rudy should be there for coaching success alone. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And the fact that it took him as long as it did to get into the Hall of Fame, I think is a damn shame. Uh, When you look at the, uh, what's it called? When you look at uh, hoophall.com, uh, Tom Janovich followed up his encore performance with another out, another outstanding run in the 2000 Olympics, leading the United States to the gold medal. So he has a gold medal and two NBA championships. Rudy Tomjanovich, in my humble opinion, belongs on the Mount Rushmore of the Houston Rockets. Uh, number three, this one is tough. This one is really tough because I'll tell you guys transparently, the eight names that I had written down tonight, Kim Olajuwon, James Harden, Clyde Drexler, Yao Ming, Moses Malone, Calvin Murphy, Ralph Sampson, and Rudy Tomjanovich. I went Rudy at number four. Number three on my Mount Rushmore of Houston Rockets, I'm going to go Calvin Murphy. And I know, again, that that may be an unpopular opinion. And if you have an opinion on that opinion, you hit that request to speak button. I'll bring you up right on to stage. Uh, And we can talk about, you know, what you guys think of my first two selections. Rudy Tomjanovich at number four. Calvin Murphy 
at number three. Listen, Calvin Murphy, who played his entire career as a Rocket, again, from 70 to 83. So he was basically there as long as Rudy T was. Calvin Murphy, I, I think part of part of what I would encapsulate putting a guy on my Mount Rushmore is significant ties to the Rockets organization for an extended period of time. Calvin Murphy has spent spent his entire career as a Houston Rocket from 70 to 83. Uh, he averaged 17.9 points per game. He averaged uh, a steal and a half a game, four and a half assists uh, per game. He shot a ridiculous 89% from the three-point line. And Sean says, Calvin has been the Rockets ambassador forever and is a Hall of Famer. Absolutely. He absolutely has been. And again, this is why I love these types of exercises so much. Because what I look for in my Mount Rushmore of Houston Rockets, another fan or fans or group of people may not look to, to be on their Mount Rushmore of Rockets. It's not my place to say, you know, do I think that's a bad selection? I can tell you. Do I think that it's a fitting selection? Do I think that, uh, you know, do I think that it's an appropriate pick? But the way I see it, there's no bad selections. If you want to put Yao Ming on your Mount Rushmore, would I agree with that? No. But if you could, conv- you could try and convince me otherwise. But to me, Yao Ming does not belong on a Mount Rushmore of Houston Rockets, uh, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But focus on Calvin Murphy. The numbers itself are there, but you, Sean makes a great point. You put him on the Mount Rushmore of Houston Rockets because of his impact on the organization as a whole, whether it's, you know, doing play by play for the Rockets for as many years as he did. Um, you know, Sean brings up the, um, Sean brings up the point of being an ambassador for the organization. Calvin Murphy has stuck by the Houston Rockets through thick and thin. And it was a shame that the Rockets could never give him a championship as a player. Um, But this guy, I mean, there's so many different stories out there that that I could touch on. Um, Again, going back to hoophall.com, shout out to them uh, for, you know, the, the references tonight. They know, they know Calvin Murphy as a scoring phenomenon in high school and college. Murphy tallied 2,548 points at Niagara University, once put up 68 points on Syracuse. He flourished in 13 professional seasons with the San Diego and Houston Rockets, averaging double figures in points every year. Um, Murphy was automatic from the free throw line, 78 consecutive charity, or excuse me, 78, once he made 78 free throws in a row, which is incredible. Uh, He led the NBA in free throw percentage in 81 and 83, and he never had a free throw percentage under uh, 80%. So those two, those factors alone, I got to tell you guys and be honest with you, this is more of a personal choice for me. There are other guys that you could look to and say, the, the, these guys belong on a Mount Rushmore ahead of, you know, a Calvin Murphy and a Rudy Tomjanovich. But to me, 
those two guys belong on my Mount Rushmore. And again, you hit that request to speak button. I'll bring you up on stage. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about all things Mount Rushmore, Houston Rockets. Uh, yours, mine, and everybody's. Let's go to number two. Okay. We all know who number one is. Okay. It's Akeem Olajuwon. Okay. Number one is Akeem Olajuwon. Oh, you know what? It shocked everybody, right? Put Akeem Olajuwon as number one. Well, let's talk about number two. And yes, it, it's the, it's the, the, the elephant in the room. It's the guy that, you know, people are upset about because they want to get into their feelings about him. But the fact is that James Harden is the second best rocket of all time. He just is. The, the fact is that he just is. And I'll tell you why. And there's a multitude of reasons that we can get into, we can talk about. That's what we're here to do. We're here to talk about Houston Rockets, Mount Rushmore. We're here to talk about Houston Rockets as a whole. I know I get you're upset about James Harden. But when it's all said and done, James Harden, as soon as he retires, that lying crook of an owner that we have, Tillman Fertitta, has promised that they will put his jersey into the rafters. And they should. They should retire the number 13. And before people want to jump down my throat, which you can, it's fine, at BSW Podcast underscore MB on Twitter, if you disagree with this notion, James Harden, since uh, Hakeem Olajuwon and the championship winning Rockets, the James Harden era was the most fun basketball that Rockets fans have had since the championship run. And there are times mixed in. The 22-game winning streak was fun. Yao Ming was fun. Uh, Shane Battier was fun. Luis Scola, Chuck Hayes, Mucci Norris. All those guys are fun to talk about. But the fact is, and you, you can try and convince me otherwise, but you're, you're not going to be able to do so. In 2017, if the Houston Rock, if Chris Paul does not hurt his hamstring, the Rockets get past the Warriors and they win that championship in 17. And this is an entirely different podcast, Rocket Story. There's so many things that are different about what's going on in today's Houston Rockets world because they probably don't trade Chris Paul less than a year and a half later. They don't trade Clint Capella. Russell Westbrook is never a Rocket. Jalen Green's not a Rocket. Uh, Jabari Smith, not a Rocket. All these guys are not Rockets at this point if the Rockets win the title in 17. And when you talk about when the Rockets acquired James Harden, James Harden was the sixth man of the year. The Rockets got him for a bag of Skittles, some some airheads, and a couple draft picks. Ultimately is what it came down to. And Kevin Martin, you know, congrats, Kevin Martin. You were a nice player. Watching you play basketball was, was horrifying. In his time with the Rockets, his first season as the guy in 2012-2013, he averaged 26 points a game. Think about that. He went from, I remember the first game that the Rockets brought him in, when they traded for him, they got him in, uh, they played uh, Detroit, I think. He put down like 40 points that game. 26 points he averaged in 12 and 13. Then he averaged 25.4, 27.4, 29, 29, 30.4, 36.1, 34.3. Uh and then 24.8 in, in 20 and 21 in, in his limited time as a rocket. 
you guys, the numbers that this, not only that, we haven't even gotten into the fact that in 16, 17, he averaged 11 assists a game while averaging 29 points a game. Uh, Assist-wise, going back to 12 and 13, six assists, six assists, six assists, six, seven, seven and a half, 11.2, 8.8, seven and a half, seven and a half, 10.8. This guy was so special to watch play the game of basketball. He's one of these guys that you can you can have your personal opinion about the guy, right? And we'll bring up our first speaker of the night, Adam. Adam, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm good, brother. What's going on? Uh, I, I agree with a lot of your list. Obviously, Hakeem's got to be number one. Uh, I think a lot of this fits into a kind of a narrative. So I, Harden just has to be number two, right? We, we, we weren't relevant after the lackluster McGrady Yao years until until we traded for James Harden in 2012. Mm-hmm. He spent eight, nine years of league. He was undoubtedly a top three, top five player all those years. And, and easy. And so he, easy. he's number two. For me, number three is I think it's got to be Moses Malone. I'll tell you why. He he, he only played okay. think, four or five years um, with the Rockets, but I think we went to two finals with them, um, at least one. And, I mean, I, I think his last year with the Rockets, 81-82, before he got traded to Philadelphia, he averaged 31 points, 30 points. Like, he was – 31.1 points and 14.7 rebounds a game. So he played six seasons with the Rockets. Yeah, and, and if you think about it, if you think about the general narrative, I don't think we get Hakeem Olajuwon to even go to the University of Houston without Moses Malone. And, and you know, because Mo, Moses, you know, Hakeem looked up to Moses, right? Um, and number four, I think, follows that same narrative. I, I think it's Elvin Hayes. Elvin Hayes played six years with the Rockets, four years early on, and then he finished his last two years with the Rockets. But Elvin, Elvin Hayes was... I mean, I think he was Houston basketball, you know, you know, I mean, if you think back to the historic Cougars, you know, UCLA game against, you know, uh, then Luau Cinder, later Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. So we went to one finals with Moses. One finals. Yeah, one finals. We went in 80 and 81. The second one you're thinking of is in 85 and 86. I think he was, he was MVP with the Rockets. Um, He was. And, and I, you know, it, I was kind of debating putting Calvin here just because just his ever present nature with the, with the organization, the Rockets were, he was loyal to the Rockets. The Rockets were very loyal to him. He had that little, he had the kind of the, you know, the issue that, you know, turned out to be in, you know, false, a false allegation. They brought him back and there was just a lot of joy from Rockets faithful that he was back in the fold with the Rockets. But um, yeah, you could say right. maybe, you know, Rudy as well. But I, I think for me, it's it's Hakeem number one. It's hard number two. It's Moses and Elvin. Yeah, I, I, I like the Elvin pick. And that's the thing, man, is nothing that anybody says can change anybody's personal thoughts about it, right? I wouldn't put Elvin to me. I put him at number nine. Not number nine. Sorry, I have him at number six. I have him at six. Yao to me, not Yao, sorry. 
uh, let's get back on, on topic here. So you had Elvin at four and you put Moses at three. That's solid, Adam. I mean, it's a solid list. I have no qualms about that list. If you think about it, you know, Houston, you know, you know other, if you exclude kind of the hardened years, we've been defined by our, by our big men, you know? And you look at the top 75 team. Yeah. I mean, Elvin, I think he, you know, I think he went to the Hall of Fame as a Rocket, you know? Moses obviously had the, you know, the championship with the 76ers, but, you know, he was really kind of the most dominant and, you know, won the MVP as a, as a Rocket, Um and kind of uh, stayed in the area and so on, but I, I, I think I think we're, we're we're mainly a big man franchise, other than those nine years with Harden. And uh, you know, to me, I think it's it's debatable on number three and four. But to me, that you know that that's kind of what I think makes sense. Yeah, no, I I think it's I think you it's it's a great list by you. Let's talk a little bit about Akeem Olajuwon because it just it doesn't get any better than Akeem Olajuwon, right? I mean, he has to be number one on everybody's list. I mean, maybe outside of a Chuck Hayes that people want to say is the greatest rocket of all time, which I would entertain that conversation. I'm kidding, Adam. Uh, but to everybody else listening, I love Chuck Hayes, but he does not belong on a, on a Mount Rushmore. But the thing about Hakeem Olajuwon was even his story of coming to Houston, I feel like not a lot of people know. You know the story, right? Of course. Okay. For people that don't know the Akeem Olajuwon story, he came over from overseas, landed in New York, and he was going to see two uh, schools. And the two schools he was going to go see were St. John's in New York or Houston. And he met a a baggage handler uh, that he knew from back home, or it was an individual that he was familiar with from where he was from. I have that correct, Adam, right? I think so. Yeah. Somebody, yeah. Yeah. Kind of somebody that, that he recognized, he started talking to him and he said, between the, between St. John's and Houston, what uh, weather is most like back home? And the guy said, Houston got on a plane to Houston and Guy V. Lewis recruited him, went to the university of Houston and the rest is, is history. Five slam a jamma, you know, at the university of Houston, gets drafted by the Rockets, wins two championships. And in my opinion, becomes the greatest big man, to ever play for a professional basketball team in the state of Texas. He was better than Dirk. He's better than Duncan. He's better than Robinson. Better than Sean Bradley. I'd say he's the – he was he was the best that – that um, he was the best single star um, player on teams that just could make them relevant, you know, you know, get, bring him to 45, 50 wins. He didn't really have a lot of help. You know, he actually defined and made a lot of players really relevant that the rest of the league had really very little use for Kenny Smith, Vernon Maxwell. These were kind of nice players, but they were not seen as starters by many teams. And and he got a lot of people paid a lot of people relevant. I, I think, I think New York, you know, paid Scotty Brooks, you know, like after the first championship. So there was a a team out there. So it's hard to say, you know, a lot of this is circumstance, but he definitely was was the best five-tool center. And and also, if you think about it, you know, this is my last point because I'm rambling on a little bit. If you've ever met Hakeem Olajuwon, he's not not a seven-footer. Like, he is – 
a lot you know closer like six nine six nine and a half so he was he was going up against bigger more physical players and matching their physicality you know you know overpowering them with his athleticism his speed you know and if you consider that compared to like a Tim Duncan who was perpetually kind of you know trying to define himself as not a center because of his legacy in a selfish way if you ask me you know he just didn't want to be cons- wanted to be compared to other centers. He wanted to be compared to other power forwards because he knew he would be more favor- favorably kind of remembered by history in that sense. A 6'9 center, and he, you know, I, I think if they gave him a little more help, you know, maybe if they kept Otis Thorpe around, somebody that had more physicality, maybe, you know, his prime years would have lasted a little longer. He would have been a little bit more durable. Um, but, you know. Potential, potentially, yeah. I mean, that 93-94 team, Scott Brooks, Matt Bullard, Cassell, Mario Eli, Carl Herrera, Robert Ori, Vernon Maxwell, Hakeem Olajuwon, Kenny Smith, and Otis Thorpe. That is honestly my favorite team of all time. Maybe outside of the 1972 Dolphins, because only undefeated team ever, and that's my team. It's my football team. If I've never talked about that on this show. But the Dolphins are my are my football team. Um, but that 93-94 team, Adam, was so special for so many different reasons. The 94-95 team was different because they got Drexler. But that 93-94 team, you talk about in today's day and age, the the super team and how many guys these superstars need to team up with. Look at what Durant's doing right now. Durant's probably going to end up on a team – with at least one fellow superstar, if not two. So the fact that Dream was able to do what he did with what he had was just so impressive. You know, and the fact is, and people want to argue, you know, he wasn't a lifetime rocket because he went to go play with Toronto. You're an idiot, okay? You're an idiot if you feel like he's not a lifetime rocket, didn't spend his whole career with one team technically, they sent him to go play in Toronto. It wasn't even in the United States of America. Okay. So I don't want to hear it. He's a lifetime rocket. He's the greatest Houston rocket of all time. He is number one on my Mount Rushmore and should be on every single other fan's Mount Rushmore. That, that's, that's the Rockets organization's fault. You know, if, if a guy wants to play one, two more years, you know, you owe, you know, we owed that to him, you know, give him a few extra yeah. million dollars, you know, maybe, you know, maybe he's not, he's not kind of the elite player that he was, but still a borderline all-star, you know, um, at least for the first, that first year. And if you also think about it, um, yeah, that second championship was a lot more challenging because the kind of the phrase that really defines that team is suffering from success. You know, you had, you know, you, you had like Sam Cassell with like the Madonna rumors and all like they, they, they were, they were feeling themselves a little bit. And it was, it was Hakeem that focused those guys and was like, Hey, we're here to play basketball. You know, I, I know we've gotten a little bit of attention, you know, but this is about us winning a championship. And they started that second, you know, that uh, second championship year badly. They ended up with the sixth seed. I, you know, I, I think they're still the lowest, you know, playoff seats ever win the championship, the sixth seed, um, or maybe tied with another team, but that that was a that was kind of a just a huge a huge a, a achievement. And the last thing about about Hakeem, if you if you look at like the U, like the YouTube highlights of him, like he you know the early years he was 
he was like Amari Stoudemire times 10, like dunking over guys. Like the, he played with a lot more, and, you know, this is before he became kind of re- religiously conscious and everything else, you know, get, was getting in fights, but he, he was just like dunking over guys. He was just like a monster out there, you know? He was, he was, he was special. Yeah. And, and it's, it's so funny because when you're a player like him, you got to hope you make an impact on an organization that's long lasting, right? That's Akeem Olajuwon for the Rockets. He is the greatest Rocket. I mean, I'm looking at YouTube highlights right now of a chase down block that he had on John Starks. I, he's so good. You know, the, it's so hard because I don't feel like there's going to be another guy that was as dominant as him. Like, go watch. What was it, Adam? The, the play on, uh, on David Robinson in San Antonio where he just faked him out multiple times. And, and to this day, you know, he's still looking for his jock strap. David, David Robinson could not hold the water bottle of a Hakeem Olajuwon. Sorry. No, absolutely. But even if you go back to like 85, 86, when, when they went to the championship and, and pushed the Celtics to six games, Bird and the Celtics, I mean, there's, you know, documentation of this. They were, they were, you know, the only player they were really afraid of was Elijah on, you know, like he was just dominant, dominant out there. They needed to get him in foul trouble to have any kind of shot, you know, in that series. Yeah. Like, and, and he was literally a six, nine center that, you know, competed against, you know, I think he's bigger than six, nine. Let's be fair. He's close. He's listed at seven foot on multiple reference sites. He might be like 6'10", 6'11". He's not 6'9". I don't know. Yeah, but I, that my, everything I've seen at 6'9", three quarters, maybe 6'10". I think let's go. Let's go. Let's split the difference. Let's call it 6'11". Okay. Okay. But the thing is, that's semantics, right? The bottom line is, he's number one. He's for he forever will be number one, and. They need – it's so crazy to say, Adam, because I feel like they need to memorialize him even more than they have. Like, is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, he – I mean, we might not have a, a team in Houston if we really – if you think about it, I, it's, it's kind of crazy to say it out loud, but if you think about it, if, if Charlie Thomas, the old owner of the Rockets, actually traded Elijah Wan, you know, you know, a year, two years before those championship years, before Les Alexander took over – it's very possible, you know, that, you know, the Houston franchise could have left, moved somewhere else. Instead of Seattle moving, moving, it could have very easily been, you know, Houston. That's fair. I mean, the thing is, and, and I'll end with this, while watching these, these YouTube highlights, God, I want Sam Cassell to be the next head coach of this team. It's got to be said. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't gotten a job yet, but I, I think it's coming in the next year or two. Yeah, him. I hope so. Adrian, so. Adrian Griffin, a bunch of former players. If they can, if they can, if the Rockets can find a way to make Cassell the next head coach of this team, I, I would buy a, maybe not a full season ticket package, but I would buy one of those mini game packages, like a twenty game package. I would do it. I hundred percent would do it. Bring him home. Bring him home because even though Cassell, like, I, if there was like a secondary Mount Rushmore, like if I don't know what we would call it, maybe like the Mount Olympus. Of of rockets, or maybe like the mount. Okay, here's a question for you, Adam. Since we don't have any other speaker requests, let's do this. Let's do this real quick. 
build me a Mount Rushmore of Rockets role players. Um, I think, yeah, I'd I, I put Sam Cassell there. Cassell, Early, yeah. Earlier years, I'd maybe put Sleepy Floyd, you know? Ooh, ooh, he, I like he's it. He's kind of, yeah, he's, he's like he's like Lou Williams before Lou Williams, you know? He was Sleepy Floyd, Sleepy Floyd was nice. Yeah. Um, so I like I Sleepy think, Floyd. Yeah. I think you got to, I think you got to put Vernon on there. I think I think you got to put yeah. Ori on there too, like all all time Rockets role players. Yeah, I would go Ori, Cassell. Ooh, I might have to go PJ Tucker on there too. Yeah, I'm gonna go Tucker, Cassell, Ori, Maxwell. Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm just kind of. I don't want to overweight it too much on one team, you know, because it's it kind of shows kind of my bias or anybody's bias. Okay, show bias. I'm gonna put. I think I put Shane Battier on, you know, oh. you know from from those from those years, uh, you know, you know, Cassell, Battier, Ori, Sleepy Floyd, and uh, yeah, Ma- Maxwell. Yeah, like players kind of a level below kind of star players, you know, Otis Thorpe made an all-star team. I think one year, I think it was the first championship. So yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Hey man, thanks for taking part in the show tonight. I appreciate it, brother. No problem. Thanks bro. I know. This has been another episode of SB nations, the dream shakes, the dream take podcast. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with us tonight. Cousin Paul is in the audience. We had a great crowd here on Spotify live. Appreciate y'all so much. Uh, we will be back live. I believe Jeremy and I together on Monday night here on Spotify Live. For the next couple of weeks, uh, Spotify Live, we will be live um, here on Spotify Live Monday nights and Thursday nights. And we'll publish the shows right after we're done here. So you guys can listen to it on Friday, late Thursday night, and into the weekend. Uh, so Monday and Thursday, next couple of weeks, we cannot wait to hang out with you guys, uh, talk all things Houston Rockets basketball. This has been another episode of SB Nation's The Dream Shakes, The Dream Take podcast. If you are on Twitter, make sure to give us a follow at The Dream Take. You can follow the mothership of The Dream Take, The Dream Shake, at Dream Shake SBN. You can follow my co-pilot, Jeremy Brenner, at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-N-J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E. N-E-R. You can follow me on Twitter at BSW Podcast underscore MB. You can head on over to Facebook. Give us a like. Search The Dream Shake. Finally, thedreamshake.com. Any day that ends in Y. Follow all of the incredible writing of all of our awesome staff writers. Until next time, Rockets fans, Monday night. We will see y'all then. Talk to y'all about all things Houston Rockets basketball. Go Rockets!